You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks! Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks! Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to the Seahawks Insiders. It is the final week of the regular season, and yet there are so many storylines and so many things to talk about. We are not nearly close to cranking down on the season. We are cranking up for a playoff push, a possible division championship, still a number one seat on the line, plenty to talk about, and we have not even mentioned the return of Beast Mode. Yeah, how about that? How about I, that? It's funny, you know, when when the we found out right after the game, unfortunately, that Chris Carson and CJ Procise were lost for the season. And kind of the the immediate almost joking reaction is, Oh, bring back Marshawn Lynch and then it actually happened. But you know, it is so interesting that it was after the game we discovered that you're right. Chris Carson, C.J. Procise, they weren't coming back. We also figured out why Dwayne Brown wasn't active on Saturday, and or excuse me, on Sunday, and that's because he was having surgery on Monday, not expected to be back for a couple of weeks. It just felt like blow after blow, and you watch the way that the team played on Sunday, and it was so easy to just be down in the dumps after that one. And then, as you start to hear the reports, I mean, it's a complete 180, not just from us in the building, but I think around the entire Northwest. Yeah, and I think there's something to I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you need some running backs because you need help back there. But that played, and Pete Carroll didn't really deny that when he was asked about it earlier this week, that the energy he brings both to the team, but I think it's going to just kind of help fire up an entire fan base. The stadium, I think, is just going to be bonkers whenever he either gets the ball first or if they introduce the offense. So, yeah, there's, there's more to just – to this addition than just, we need a running back, let's go get one. It's It adds some juice, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and there's absolutely value in bringing Marshawn Lynch back, a guy who has had some incredible runs and an incredible career, as Pete Carroll talked about this week. Well, he's an extraordinary person, you know, and, and uh, he's been a... Uh, you know, we've just been through so much and, and know him as well as I think you could know a guy and what he what he brings and what he offers and all. And he, he brings a lot to the table. He's as physical a player as I've ever been around, uh, as great a competitor as I've ever been around. And uh, um, so when you, when you get to add somebody like that, you know, to your team, it only it only helps and, and uh, enhances kind of the mentality that we already cherish anyway. And you know it's big news when you hear in the background of that sound clip Camera shutters going off because exactly. you, you don't get the photographers at a Pete Carroll midweek press conference. Not often. usually, not no. the week of Christmas. No. They don't usually. On, that make was that on a Christmas pri- Eve. But yeah, that uh, they don't make Lynch that a priority. Back, I mean, this is it's a pretty cool story. It is, and you know, for the guys in the locker room, for some of them, it is almost like a, a fable, right? They've heard about yeah, Marshawn. Like they this have mythical, seen yeah. highlights, but to actually see him in person. You know, I was talking to Shaq Griffin and Trey Flowers about it. I'm like, okay, because what folks might not realize is Marshawn's locker is in a completely different spot than it was previously. So the locker room is grouped essentially by positions, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a position. The offensive line is in the same area. The tight ends essentially are in the same area. Receivers all the way around. Well, this time Marshawn is in the middle of the defense next to Bobby Wagner. It changes the energy and just kind of how that room is put together. So I asked Shaq and Trey, 
how did Marshawn come in? You know, like, did he make a big entrance or was he quiet? Because he could be both, depending on the day. And they said, no, he just kind of walked in. He was pretty subdued. But both of them said, I, I don't think that's going to be the case on Sunday, and I can't wait to actually see him in action after hearing about him for so long. Yeah, and it is interesting. It doesn't feel like, for, for those of us who've been around the team a long time, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that he played here. But there's only a handful of guys on this team that played with him because of just how quick the turnover happens in this league. So I think it was K.J. Wright kind of noted some of the players almost seemed a little starstruck around him that, you know, these guys are around famous athletes all the time in their own locker room, but Marshawn is just such this big kind of mythical persona to a lot of these guys who've never been around him. And we did see Marshawn pop by just to say hi a couple of weeks ago. So he looks essentially the way that he looked when he left the team. And it does feel like it's been a long time, but he played last season for Oakland before getting hurt and needing surgery on his groin. In fact, the Seahawks saw him last year in London, but despite his familiarity with the system and of course bringing Robert Turbin back, this is a short week, and they're going to have a lot of catching up to do. And when we get with them out there, and you talk about the basics and stuff like that, it's no problem. But when you get on the field with them and they start hearing the huddle calls come rattling out and, and the, the rhythm and the quickness of all of that, you know, then they're taxed some. Um, both of these guys are good ball players. They've been through a lot. They know a lot of stuff. Football comes easy to them. Um, so, but it's still, they have to, they're going to have to put together a really good week uh, to really have, have the hold on so they can have command and feel confident and play like they want to play. How big of a deal is that? I mean, we'll see. It's, you know, it's neither of these guys played in this specific offense, but as Pete Carroll said a couple times, there's a lot of carryover. There's, you know, terminology changes more than the actual scheme. So, you know, it's they're going to have to limit a little bit of what they can do. They're not going to be able to do everything. And luckily you have in Travis Homer a guy who played all year here and knows the system well. And he, you know, I don't know how they're going to divide the carries at all, but he's going to be the guy that knows everything, can do everything for you, and then you, you find your spots to work the other two in. Yeah, and that's part of what I was going to say is for as much juice is around Marshawn Lynch and bringing back Robert Turbin, it is Travis Homer who's most familiar with what the Hawks are doing right now. Travis is ready to go. You know, he, he's, he knows everything. He's been through all of our system for, uh, you know, the whole year. Um, he showed that he was ready to play football and did a good job in the game. Um, we're, we'll, we lean on him because of his background with us and his toughness and his speed and his, his playmaking. Um, we're, we're pleased to have that that opportunity, that, the good fortune to have him ready to go. And then we'll just fit the guys in. You know, give me a couple days here. You know, this is like the first day, so... And I do think it's important to note, and we talked about this last week, is that Travis Homer, while he is not the size of Marshawn Lynch, they have talked about how well he finishes runs and how strong he is at finishing the run. So they like his style of running. I think last week it was really the protection up front and, and falling behind in that game that changed what they were able to do in the running game. Because if you look at Homer's numbers, it certainly isn't anything that jumped off the page to you but he is certainly not an afterthought for the team. No, absolutely not. And you know, again, I, he had he had the one really nice run, and then there were just there weren't a ton of opportunities for him. So it wasn't a huge breakout game or anything for him. But as you said, kind of the situations dictated that as well. But yeah, he's he's a guy they trust. I mean, this is why they went out and drafted him. Even though on paper you think, oh, they've got all these backs, why do you go get a guy? It's they want depth there, and they loved what they saw to him in Miami. That physical style, it's what they like about him on kick returns. He's physical, he's decisive, and, and now he's going to get a chance to play a real big role down the stretch here. 
And it could be the opportunity in the run game against San Francisco that is most available given the fact that San Francisco allows just about 165 passing yards per game. One more thing about Marshawn Lynch before we turn the page on just beast mode and look at the matchups in general on Sunday and what's on the line. And that is Marshawn made no secret as to why he came back and what he hopes to accomplish here. He is highly motivated to, to, to do everything you can do in this game. He, he really is. He wants to do everything he could possibly do. And he, he knew he, he wasn't done. You know, he got in a situation where he was injured and he had rehab and all that. And then it just didn't fit, fit together right away. But he's not done playing. And he wants to go. And so this is his uh, entree, you know, and, and uh, he's going to go for it. He won't hold back. <laughs> he won't hold back one bit. So uh, look forward to see what, what happens. Yeah, and we saw the video Marshawn Lynch put out on his uh, Beast Mode video channel, and the, the highlight that everyone's taken away from that is he used the phrase unfinished business. And it's, you know, this is a guy that he had a great career here, but he and everyone else wishes they'd have won one more Super Bowl at least, and this he feels like is a chance to chase that. And also just for personal reasons, I'm sure he wants his career to end in a different way than an injury in London, and that was the, you know, last game played for Oakland. So, this is, you know, again, we don't know exactly what he's going to be, how, you know, how healthy or fit he'll be and how productive he'll be. But this has a chance to just be a really cool story, both for him and the team, if this can work out over the next few weeks. And when you talk about those personal accomplishments, it could go a long way in solidifying his status as a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Particularly when you look at what he's done in the postseason. I mean, his regular season numbers are impressive, but if he could get to the postseason and score another touchdown, he'd have 10 which is a nice round number there. You know, his yards are right up there. If he gets, he's less than 100 yards away. He's about 87 yards away from moving up two spots on the all-time list for running backs in a career. So there's a lot on the line for him personally, not just another potential championship. Exactly, yeah. He could kind of add to his legacy, which is already really impressive. But yeah, this would be a really cool way to kind of top it off for him. I like that you just used the word legacy because it feels like this is a legacy matchup between San Francisco and Seattle. It certainly was a thrilling game the last time when the Seahawks won an overtime thanks to a Jason Myers 42-yard field goal. That was a back-and-forth game. Pete Carroll knows that there is no chance to let up this week because the Niners are a team that's ready to go. Honestly, we really, we we talk in, in reference to this opportunity from April on, you know, and that's when we start way back when to get prepared for the opportunity to go out here and play good football when this time comes. And every game that we've played has prepared us for this. And, and uh, so um, we're, uh, you know, we're boosted, <laughs> you know, the boosters are on and we're rolling. And, and uh, so I, I don't know, you know, what can add to that other than just a really good preparation and then a, you know, and a great performance when we go. And um, but right now, this is this is a blast. This is as much fun as we can have, and and uh, I love, love every bit of it. And you know, Pete Carroll was talking there. I think I believe the question had to do with kind of getting a boost coming off that loss to to turn their focus right away. And that's been a big theme this week. Of yeah, last week's game against Arizona was terrible. Nobody likes what happened in that game. But when you turn around with everything on the line. It's really easy to just shift your focus to where it needs to be because, as we know, you know the NFC West will be decided on Sunday by the winner of this game. There's a lot of seeding implications. It's simpler for the 49ers. They went out. They're the number one seed. Seahawks, unfortunately, do need a little help to get that by. If, if, they, if they win, they need a Green Bay and New Orleans loss to get the number one seed or a Green Bay loss to get a first-round bye. So, Unfortunately, Seahawks need a little help, but very, very least they can win the division this week, which is Pete Carroll mentioned, you know, going back to April. That's that's the number one stated goal every year is 
you know, control your division, win your division, get that home game that comes with it. And you know what? These teams look a little bit different since the last time they faced each other. Of course, the injuries on Seattle's side. San Francisco's had a lot of injuries. Here's the thing that's the same. I went back and I looked at my notes prior to the last time the Seahawks and the Niners played, and Bobby was saying the same thing prior to the last game that he is this week. Now, remember, the last time they played each other, they were coming off an overtime win to Tampa. That defense had given up a lot of yards in the second half of that game. And Bobby was talking about needing to have more consistency, making sure that you were disciplined, limiting those big plays. Same thing we talked about last week. And I don't know if if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I do think that this defense in particular – responds well when Bobby challenges, and they know what's on the line. Yeah, and it's with the defense in particular, it's just interesting because they responded incredibly well in that game, played arguably their best game of the year, and built off that success. And then, unfortunately, right when it looked like the defense found something and hit a stride, the injuries start piling up. And I think that's been the biggest factor on that side of the ball is you've been playing without Diggs, you've been playing without Clowney, just you're banged up there. And we're hopeful that some guys will be back. Pete Carroll said he's hoping McClowney gets back. Shaquille Griffin should be back. You get those two back, that's going to make a huge difference. Diggs, we'll have to wait and see. That ankle injury sounds like it could keep him out a little longer, but we'll wait till the end of the week to find that out. But, yeah, I, I think this defense is ready to, you know, hopefully get a little healthier. And if it does get back to where the way it was playing, you know, a month ago and those guys were healthy and getting going. Well, and they need to get off the field. You know, last week they were having a hard time getting off the field against Arizona. The Niners are not going to let you off the hook. I mean, they are converting at an incredible rate on third down. And overall, they are 9-1 and one on the season when they convert 40% or better on third down. They are 5-0 and oh when they can convert 50% or more, which makes sense, right? I mean, yeah, you're staying yeah, on the field. Staying. But also, the fact that they have done that enough times to win five games at converting more than 50% of their third downs, I mean, that's incredible. You, you really do need to find a way to stop them. And Jimmy Garoppolo's looked different the last couple of weeks. He has. And, you know, that comeback, they you know completed two third and 16s last week on their game-winning drive. He's He's been a really good player of late. The Seahawks did a great job pressuring him in the last game, caused some turnovers, and, you know, it's kind of true of any quarterback, but that's going to be huge this week is if you can find a way to make him uncomfortable it, that'll make a difference. And if not, he's shown that he can be a heck of a quarterback. Well, and he's not going to be the same type of quarterback as a Kyler Murray, where if you pressure him, he just has a chance to run up the middle, right? If he can escape, he can run up the middle. He can do a lot of different things. Garoppolo was sacked six times last week against the Rams, and the Niners are without their starting center, who went on IR already. And Mike Person, who's a former Seahawk, he's dealing with a neck injury. I don't think he's back at right guard this week. Yeah, I mean, it's both these teams are dealing with offensive line injuries, and I think really on both both sides of the ball, that's going to be a huge factor is which teams, you know, can figure out a way to protect well enough. I, it's not one of those where you just assume you can't have any sacks or any quarterback hits, but protect well enough to function at a high level, and that's what the Seahawks didn't do last week. They They struggled mightily against Chandler Jones, and that led to all sorts of offensive problems. Well, and this week they're going to have to deal with Eric Armstead and Bosa. I keep I, I I always hesitate to say which Bosa because one. I'm going to screw Just it up. Just one. the younger one. The one who received more fan voting for the Pro Bowl than any other player on defense this year, which is incredible. How much do you make of those protection issues last week for the Seahawks? It did get better in the second half when Jamarco Jones said he settled down a little bit. Remember filling in at left tackle for Dwayne Brown and Mikey Potty was dealing with a with a uh, neck issue during the game. 
Yeah, that was, I mean, it was a tough go for that offense. You, you throw in the fact that Justin Britt's on IR. They played a good chunk of that game with three backups and two starters until Micah Potty came back. So, yeah, it's, you know, th- is you look at the numbers last game, Russell Wilson got sacked five times, which on the surface, you're like, oh, that's bad. But if you go back and actually watch some of those sacks were, you know, the scramble around and zero-yard sack kind of thing, and they protected the edge guys really well. You know, it was Bosa had a quiet game, Armstead had a quiet game. It was more of the pressure up the middle. If you don't have Dwayne Brown in there, that could change things a lot. Or not if you don't. You won't have Dwayne Brown this week, and that, that could change things a lot in terms of the edge rushing. So it's going to be a really tough task for this offense. And Pete said that Jamarco Jones, they're, they're looking at keeping him at left tackle. Earlier in the year, it was George Fant that stepped in, but they like Fant in that heavy tight end package. And I would think that as long as you're in the flow, I mean, that's a good place to keep him. He has been getting more looks, and they've been using him more in that situation. And you're going to have to find a way to move the ball. I, I like having him in there as a different option. Yeah, we'll say. I mean, Pete Carroll wouldn't commit to that early in the week because you know part of the reason they went with Jones and not Fant last week was – they were holding out hope that Dwayne Brown was going to play, so they're going all week hoping you have Dwayne Brown and keep Fant in his role, and then it changes kind of definitively late in the week. So knowing for a whole week that it's you're going to have no Dwayne Brown, Pete Carroll left the door open to change it. But, yeah, there's there's pros and cons both ways. It'll be curious to see you know, if, if there's concern about a potty's stinger. That could also change the equation with Jones as well because he's one of their top backup guards. So a lot at play here. We'll, we'll see what the line looks like, but it's going to be a big challenge. Well, and you know what, though? The Niners' defense looks different. I I almost feel like this is such a perfect matchup. Teams that are in the same spot, right? You're dealing with injuries. You're not getting the same production that you were just a few weeks ago because that 49ers defensive line, just three sacks in the last four weeks, they were averaging four sacks a game for those first 11 games. So I think you're kind of dealing with some of the same issues on both sides of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, their defense was just lighting the league on fire for the first half plus of the season. And not that they've been bad in recent weeks, but they've come back to earth a little bit and injuries have been a big part of that. They haven't had D four. They've been banged up at some other spots. So yeah, it's, you know, both these teams are having to fight through some adversity right now. And maybe, maybe it really just comes down to which team can kind of better overcome that adversity well and it could be who is able to handle George Kittle because I've avoided talking about him we didn't have to talk about him in the last game because he was not on the field and this time I mean my gosh yeah he he, could take over a game he's a hell of a player I mean Pete Carroll said this week he's called him their best player and just all the different things he does so yeah that's I mean that is the number one factor you look at last game to this game what's changed I mean both sides both teams have had comings and going since then but Getting him back is a huge difference maker for the 49ers, and then the Seahawks defense is really going to have its hands full of him. Well, and if you can get Shaq Griffin back so you can play Akeem King at nickel, who does a nice job against those big tight ends, that makes a difference yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure, that would be a big factor. All right. We've already identified a few of the big factors, but what are the two things you need to see for the Seahawks to get a win on Sunday? All right, well, I'm going to invent a new stat. Are at least you? I don't think anybody really uses this, but we're going to call it sack differential, kind of like turnover differential. Oh. And I want a zero sack differential. I don't care what, how that happens. If it's because the Seahawks have a hard time protecting, but they go out and get five or six sacks on their own, great. If it's because they have a hard time getting pressure, but they protect Russell Wilson, well, fine. Just give me, a, give me an even sack total. So, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just making things up as I go. and then you I know, like this. I was going to go turnovers, but I think that's so tied to pass rush, I'll go a different direction. I just want to see, however the running backs look for the Seahawks, I want to see a total of 120 rushing yards. And I don't care what it looks like. 
if it's some Russell Wilson scrambles, if Marshawn Lynch goes off, if Travis Homer goes off, if Turpin, I I don't care if they all get thirty three yards and Russell gets twenty. Just give me give me some rushing yards, some some quality rushing and, production. And- and give me Marshawn bowling over a couple of yeah. guys, I right? Mean, look, just like I would love for that, that 120 place. yards to be all yeah. Marshawn Lynch because the crowd oh the just fans go. would and Garoppolo's never played at Century Link, yeah. so that would be quite the welcome for Jimmy G. I'm going to go a completely different direction. Although I did mention this the last time these teams played together, I would like to see Michael Dixon have a fantastic game. Should he be needed, and of course the Seahawks could score on every possession. How about he just has a good game would, holding? He could have a great game holding, but look, the Niners have started 27 drives in their opponent's territory. That is the second most in the NFL, so do not give them any short fields. And then hold their scoring down. When they have scored 30 or more points in a game, they have won the game. They are 8-0 and in such games. So how about if you hold them to, I don't know, like only three scores. So that could be nine points. It could be 21 points. But let's just hold them to a maximum of three scores because I think both teams are going to get their opportunities in the red zone. I, I know that it's unrealistic to think that you're going to hold them to just three points or something under 10, but that's what I'm going with. I like it. And either way, however this plays out, we will be back with you next week because the Seahawks are going to roll into the playoffs. We just hope they roll in as division champs. We'll be back next time.